This is War Room Moments, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and most relevant people on the planet, hear their stories, and get the most important business lessons they have learned on their road to success, and get exclusive advice on how to implement their success into your life and business. War Room Moments is brought to you by the Strategic Advisor Board. Here's your host, Jason Miller. Hey, welcome to today's episode of War Room Moments. My name is Jason Miller. I'm your podcast host. And today I have a special guest with us today. She is, without a doubt, the yoga rock star of the planet. Welcome to the show. Introduce yourself because I'm horrible at doing introductions. So if you could just introduce yourself to the audience and tell them all about your yoga superpower. Well, hello, Jason, and thank you first and foremost for having me on. My name is Manaz Jahangiri. You can just call me Manaz, or even MJ is fine. And I have been teaching yoga and meditation for 20 years now, and it is the light of my life. I love teaching. I love helping people. And I actually started out by uh, bringing yoga into my life because I used to work in the television production and I, I knew stress levels were going to be everywhere throughout my life. So I said, how do I manage this? And at that time, you know, I enjoyed being in television, but I, I, you know, was introduced to yoga and it really helped make a huge difference in my life. Um, it helped me keep my calm, my clarity, my mental focus. I felt good. And a couple of years later, I decided to do a teacher training and I became a teacher. This is in 2000, uh, 2002. And although I was teaching and I was like, I think I found my calling or one of, and I loved it, but I would have done it for free. So I kept my day job. I taught a lot. Long story short, fast forward, I realized it was time to launch and start my own yoga studio. So in 2008, I opened my first yoga studio in 2015. I opened a second and I don't care what it is that you love. If there's imbalance, if you're working seven days a week, 24 seven, there's going to be burnout. So I did have a little business burnout and, but of course I don't regret a thing. I enjoyed it. I created two wonderful communities. I did teacher trainings, retreats, and it was amazing. Uh, but I decided to put a break on things. I closed the studios pre-pandemic, had nothing to do with the pandemic, wrote a book and said, I want to do this in on my own pace, on my own terms. So I've actually been teaching online because of the pandemic and love it because I'm not worried about paying rent. I don't have that kind of overhead and I can really focus on the students and the teaching and the yoga and really bringing that wonderful gift to whoever I meet. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And it's, uh, you know, I know several people that are really, really into yoga and I am, I've personally not gotten heavily into yoga myself. I might break something, but <laughs> at this point in my life, but, um, never say never, but, but, Interestingly enough, you know, last week I had someone on the show and they were uh, a sleep strategist. So 
I learned a whole lot of stuff about correlating sleep and exercise and all these things. Right. And, you know, I guess what the conversation I would like to talk about with you is yoga and how it really ties into overall health in life and all these things. And then maybe I'll end up in your class next week. <laughs> Let me make note first that you're younger than me, so you're not going to break anything. Um, just a note to the audience. Um, yes. So basically, the main thing with yoga is I think the biggest takeaway from yoga, besides feeling good in the physical aspects, meditation different, is really creating some space from our perpetual thinking minds that bring us a lot of suffering bring a lot of anxiety, a lot of tension, a lot of stress, which contribute to poor sleep, to low energy levels, to um, all, all those negative things, quote, negative things. Um, so really, that's the key is to just create some space from that thinking mind and to tune in a little deeper, even if it is just tuning into your breathing. So even if we take a moment and just focus on our breath, if we took literally a full moment, a minute, you would notice mind clears up, the energy goes up, your breathing is deeper. And if you notice when we're under high stress and anxiety, we get stuck in the chest, we're breathing with the chest, and we're breathing really short and shallow, that's going to fatigue the body. That's not the way we're intended to breathe. We're intended to breathe fully using our lungs, getting that diaphragm working. So it could be as simple as the breath that helps you to create just a little bit of space. So um, that is one of the main key takeaways, I would say, is that distance from that thinking mind and just to connect a little bit deeper to ourselves. And that's really more of our natural state than being in this crazy thinking, past, future doing. You know, we are taught to learn, to do. We're not taught to be in our own skins. And why do we feel so great when we go on vacation or when we step outside first time in the morning or look at the sky, there's a moment of pause. There's a moment of noticing what's actually around you and not being lost and stuck in that thinking mind, especially yeah. in this day and age, right? We have so many dis distractions. We have so much to do. I think the one positive thing, and there's other positives with the pandemic, it forced everybody to slow down. Mm -hmm. The rush. So yeah. that's what yoga helps you to do. It helps you to just push the thinking back, slow down a little bit, feel your breath, feel your body, feel yourself. And that's key. It's, and I hate to say spiritual, whatever. It really is just about creating a little space. Right. Yeah, for sure. I know, you know, a lot of us go throughout our day and we have these exciting dopamine dumps, I call them right? And then you have that. And then all of a sudden it's just crash, right? So it's like, like, I know I have to have activity in my life. It can't just, I can't just sit around and be a lump and, and not do something. Right. And I think a form of exercise or of what you're thinking, I, I mean, I do have to come back into myself sometimes, and just take some breaths, right? Where you're just like, okay, calm down. It's all going to be okay. It's just your in-laws coming over. 
you don't have to necessarily, like you said, you don't have to sit on a meditation cushion. You don't even have to necessarily get into a physical practice. Of course, I'd like you to do that because I think it's wonderful, but it's about being aware even in your daily activities, even as you're typing up your emails, pay attention to your breathing, feel the sensations in your fingertips. That takes you out of this crazy thinking hyperactive mind that we have. So it doesn't have to be necessarily, okay, I got to ohm and sit and, you know, do a handstand. It's not about that. It's about just tuning in, even if it's momentarily, but no doubt the goal, the reason for meditation and yoga is to be able to take it into our daily lives so that we don't get into these reactive panic anxiety over stressed modes. And that's when the immune system weakens, our respiratory suffers, our blood pressure goes up, you know, and we blow up literally (laughs) or inward, you know? So that's really, it's, but most people can't do that. Most people can't go, okay, I got to pay attention to my breath. Even as I'm having this conversation, even as we're having this conversation, you can witness the presence, you know, the observer, Mm-hmm. So it's just yeah. training. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, and go back like however long Crow Magnum man was or whatever, right? <laughs> go back way back to the beginning, right? Where the only stress was whether you're going to get ate by a dinosaur today, right? Or your next meal. And now look at look at all the the barrage of stuff that we have now today right now there's there's work there's business there's family there's kids there's this there's that there's oh i pissed off the neighbor yesterday there's oh my god my dog took a dump on the neighbor's grass yesterday that's a big deal and you know whatever you know i mean it's just like this constant load of shit on us all the time (laughs) and if you don't have an out to it right um i mean that's why veteran suicide is so high right because it's just at some point it becomes so much of a load it's just it's easier just to take an out right And, and and i think that's a lot of where just exercise in general, right, can help you through a lot of that, for yes. sure. And before we go into the physical, I'm so glad you brought up the Cro-Magnon days and, you know, evolution and all that. Because back in the day when we just didn't want to get eaten by a saber-toothed tiger, uh, <laughs> our body would respond to danger, right? So what happens when our body gets ready to deal with danger? Uh, the breath shortens. Um our hip flexors tighten to get ready to run. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what happens though, when our bodies are dealing with, let's say a deadline, it's going to react the same way. It doesn't know the difference. It just recognizes danger, stress, and the body's going to react the same way. Now it's healthy to have a little bit of stress. It's healthy, but not chronic. Not when you can't deal with your stress levels and it's on high level chronic. And that's where you get, you don't hear this as often, but adrenal fatigue or, you know, these, these, these disorders and, and high blood pressure, of course, all those things. But um, the body reacts the same way, whether it's mental stress or whether danger 
or whether it's a, somebody chasing you or a tiger chasing you. So your body doesn't know the difference. And what happens too, when we're stressed, everything closes, we get tight, mm. we protect ourselves. And what happens is when we have stressful thoughts, you know, what happens at a lot at the end of a long day, you're like, Oh, I got really tight neck or upper back. All the tension creeps in because you're not breathing, you're closing, you know? So what the physical practice is so amazing because it starts opening your body, getting rid of that tension in your muscles, get that blood circulating again, because that's what you want. But when you're in fight or flight mode, things aren't circulating that fast, except those hip flexors are tight, right? Everything slows down, but the hip flexors get tight to get ready to run. So the movement is amazing. And a lot of us, like you said, when you're physical or you like to move, it's not so easy to sit and meditate. That is one of the hardest things to ask anybody to do is to sit and just focus on your breath. So the physical is really kind of your little stepping stone to be mm. able to access that mental discipline a little better. Right. So what's been your best, what would be your best piece of advice for a little nugget you could drop on everybody, right? Of how you do that, how, how you because I know you do it. And so if you're doing it, there's no reason why everybody else can't do it. So um, how do you, how do you really bring that in and, and just do it? You just, and I know you just got to do it. I mean, I know, it's, <laughs> but it's never just that simple all the time. Yes. I think the best piece of advice I could give is, again, back to we don't give ourselves any space. We don't give ourselves any stillness or calm. We don't give our, ourselves permission unless we're getting ready to go to sleep. I would say build a discipline just like you brush your teeth first thing in the morning. Sit down. And I know we're all obsessed with our gadgets and our timers. People love to time themselves and gauge, you know, set a timer for two to three minutes and just sit still close your eyes and feel your breath. Okay. That's what I would recommend. If you could just do that five days in a row, just notice the difference, how it gets easier, calms your nervous system, energizes you more, and it just clears up your mind. Your mind is sharper when you meditate, when you get in the habit of, of emptying the baggage, the, the noise, your mind gets sharper. And so when you start noticing the benefits of it, then you go, okay, I'm going to keep doing it. Even if it's, it's hard to do. Once you start noticing the benefits, that's what keeps you coming back. But that stillness, give yourself permission to be still and to be quiet, even if it's a minute. Yeah. Right. That is the best thing you could do for yourself. Something's better than nothing, right? Yes. And no noise, no distractions, you know, and don't do music. People are like, I love these, you know, meditation apps. They have this great music. Absolutely. But that's still another distraction, mm -hmm. you know, just be quiet and feel your breath. <laughs> you chuckle. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, we could all use a little bit more of that in our lives. There's no doubt about it because we are bombarded constantly. Right. And it's hard to get away from that too. So. Um, but there again, that just little piece of, of information, if, if we would all just take that away from this, right, is just stop and breathe for two minutes every day. We all have two minutes. Everybody has two minutes. There's no doubt about it. So, you know, you can just slap your own hand after you listen to this when you know better and then you do better. So 
<laughs> if you're listening to this and and uh there's your like bill in in Ingvold, here's your sign <laughs> so anyway well thanks for that um and part part of this podcast is sharing some business struggles um Number one, I'm very passionate about helping the younger generation of leaders, um, younger generation of CEOs to overcome uh, a lot of the things that we had to deal with that our generation above us did a poor job at, for sure. No doubt about it. Unless you were willing to write a check. Um, but, but. <laughs> So really, we're building a whole bank of business struggles that a young CEO could start on episode one and just dodge bullets, right, as they build their business through learning other struggles that other entrepreneurs and business owners have went through. So if you could reach back into your bucket and pick out a business struggle that you'd like to share and how you overcame it, right? Um, that would be great. I think a really, really important business struggle, and it's counter to what we learn. Uh, We learn to constantly market and compete because it's so much about the bottom dollar. And I think that was a huge struggle of mine, especially when I had the studios, was feeling that I always had to stay ahead of the competition. Mm. Um, That's pretty nerve wracking, and it gets really old very fast. Because again, it's almost like being in fight or flight in business. I do not recommend it. I think what is very important is to tap into what feels right. Of course, be aware of what's happening. You always want to be aware of what's happening. But doesn't mean you do what's happening. You got to do what's right for you. And I think what's important in now and moving forward is really doing business more consciously. What does that mean? More ethically. Um, not wanting to kill your competition, not even thinking in those terms, like don't even think competition really. Yes. Pay attention to what's going on. But whenever you do anything new, any new promotion, any new marketing, make sure it feels right. It's not because you're doing it out of desperation because everybody else is going on group on or whatever it may be, you know? So, so that's what I would say, pay attention to what's going on, but let yourself be your true guide what really feels right to you and not feeling rushed or not feeling desperate or not feeling hurried, really pay attention to what feels right. I think that's huge. I I think if I could rewind, that's the one thing I would really reinforce in myself. Don't worry about what anybody else is doing. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And, and that happens a lot. People get caught in that, uh, keeping up with the Joneses, right? Exactly. A little bit. Um, I know it's something I would say at some point we've all fell into that at some point and then, and then quickly learned that, oh boy. (laughs) Right. Cause now you're spending all your time focusing on what somebody else is doing. And in the end, it ends up hurting you. So. And I think, yeah, sorry, Jason. No, that's a great, I I haven't had that one. And that's a a really, really good point to to take note of for sure. I think another important thing to know, and I think I didn't have this in my head. I mean, I still, 
there aren't too many studio owners that last 10 and a half years, at least not at the pace that I was going, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it takes a lot of commitment to be that involved in, in, in the community. But what is really important too, is all businesses have cycles as well. And I'm sure you talk about this is understand there are cycles, you know, there's going to be highs, there's going to be lows. And really ultimately at, doesn't necessarily have to do with you, you know? So I'm um, just for an example, I just want to tell you when I decided to close the, the studios, uh, what was really big at the time were several, not several, but yes, yeah, some studios that were teaching yoga with loud, like dance music, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what people were going to young and old. Um, oh, that's horrible to say younger, you know, different demographics. Let's put it that way. <laughs> And I was like, what is going on here? I, I can't and won't compete with this, you know? And because um, one of the studios was in a very small town, you have a, you have a limited audience. But I, got, I said, I'm, I'm not going to do this, you know, that the yoga was getting watered down. It was just, it was just becoming jazzercised with music, you know? Nothing wrong with it. But, that's, but it was under yoga. And people really, I mean, it was a disservice. That's not, that's not yoga. So it had nothing to do with me. I just said, you know what? I'm just going to step back here. I'm going to step back and teach with integrity and not have to worry about this high overhead. And I'll still have the audience that I need. And, and then the pandemic happened and people go, oh, yeah, what is yoga about? It's about reconnecting. It's about calming. It's not about adding more noise, more distractions, having the best yoga outfit or, you know, doing a handstand, you know, it's, you know, and people, unfortunately, they're like, that's yoga. That's what they assimilate yoga with. So do what's right for you. That's, it's really important. What, what speaks to you and what you know is really serving people in the right way and not just serving yourself for a profit, let's say. Yeah, for sure. Well, and that's having your own mission and vision for yourself, right? For sure. Yeah. And, and following through with that, your own set of ethics and guidelines and, and, and things like that, that matters a lot for sure. Absolutely. So anyway, well, kind of to wrap this up, I like to ask this question. Um, and that is if you could have had anybody on the call today, dead or alive, family, friend, Jesus, Gandhi, whatever, um, that you could <laughs> ask a question to. Who would have you had on the show and what would have been the question you would have asked? Uh, I would say one of my favorite uh, writers and speakers, spiritual guides is Eckhart Tolle. And I Mm. mentioned him a lot in class and he's all about presence, the power of now. That's his famous book. And he's amazing. You wouldn't, in my opinion, I know everybody has their own opinion. No ego, no, no story. You know, he just speaks from this deeper place where even if you haven't heard of that kind of language, of that kind of spiritual talk, you know, it resonates because it comes from a really honest, truthful place. My question to him would be, really, do you ever not get stressed or get distracted? Because when you listen to him talk, you're just like, is this guy for real? He's like, E.T., you know, is he real? He's just so connected, so present constantly always mm, mm. um and yet has a sense of humor and is funny and has a personality so that would be my thing like and he always talks about it's spirituality is not 
seeking. It's not a goal. It's always there. It's there for you to just notice it. Notice that deeper place. Notice that conscious place because we're all part of one consciousness. Mm-hmm. So that would be my question is, do you ever get angry <laughs> or do you ever get stressed? <laughs> that would be my question. <laughs> I always wondered that about Dr. Phil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's a conversation we yeah, should move prob- forward with, right? Prob- prob- probably not. <laughs> no, but you know what? It is true because, you know, you look at there again, it's about, we're getting hit constantly. Right. So, and how do we lock ourselves in a moment, right? Where it's like, I'm just going to focus on this thing right now and not be typing on the computer over here and going, "Uh uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yep. Oh, oh, I got a call. You're typing here. And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, hold on one second. And it's just chaos. Right. And I can't imagine that most people appreciate it very much to begin with, right? Because it's like, I am very unimportant right now, <laughs> right? <laughs> or I feel extremely unimportant. And we have to connect more and do less, right? When it comes to relationships, when it comes to all these things, and focus on one thing at a time. Instead of, because I don't believe in multitasking. I am not a multitasker. I don't even it's, think you can. You can't even do it. It's a no. farce. It's a proven farce. Um, they've tried studies on, well, I'm the best multitasker. No, actually, you're not. You're really poor at it. <laughs> we all are. I. But then again, I often admit, hell, I have problems chewing bubble gum and walking. So there you go. One thing at a time. <laughs> Well, the brain is designed. It's like a flashlight. It really is. Our attention can only fully be on one thing at a time. And again, it goes back to allowing ourselves to slow down. Yeah. There's no rush. And just being in the moment, exactly what we're doing right now, that's all that exists. And that is life. It is moment by moment by moment. That's it. Yeah. Right. For sure. Well, hey, Manaz, thank you so much for being on the show today. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day um, to be on the show. We're all busy. And there again, we got to be focused on each other. (laughs) Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Jason. I really appreciate this. And I can talk endlessly about yoga and meditation and benefits. of. For sure. How do people get a hold of you to come work with you? Uh, so my online classes, every day I teach live classes. My website is samadhiyoga.com, S-A-M-A-D-I-Y-O-G-A.com. And you can join as a member. You can just do the video library or you can do daily live classes with me. We do yoga. We do meditation. We even do some mat Pilates as well. And of course, I'm on all this social media stuff, but I rather personally uh, have relationships one-on-one. So that is the best way to, to reach out to me and, and see what I do. Awesome. Well, again, thank you for taking the time to be on the show today. And I appreciate you. Thank you, Jason. Thank you. I appreciate you. Namaste. All right. Well, hey, thank you for joining us today on this episode of War Room Moments. Remember, dream it, believe it, and then go achieve it do some yoga on the way, perhaps, um, to get there. And uh, this is Jason Miller, your podcast host, signing off. 
Thanks for listening to War Room Moments with your host, Jason Miller. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates, and we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you.